Colorectal cancer is one of the deadliest cancers in men aged 20 to 49, with people above age 50 experiencing the most diagnoses and deaths. March is Colorectal Cancer Month, which is set to raise the awareness for this disease and inspire more people to get screened at an earlier age. When detected early, treatment is effective and you can beat colorectal cancer. We're going to learn more with Dr. Eric Frey. He's a gastroenterologist at Southern Sierra Specialty Center. This is the Ridgecrest Regional Hospital Podcast. My name is Prakash Chandran. So Dr. Frey, thank you so much for being here today. I truly appreciate your time. I wanted to get started just with the basics. What exactly is colorectal cancer? Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I would say it's probably good to start like this with the most basic question. And I would say first off to understand cancer you first have to understand that I think most of us know this, but our bodies are really a collection of tiny cells. We have trillions of them, anywhere between 30 and 100 trillion cells in our bodies. And each of these cells have their own function. Most are dividing and growing and doing their jobs. And then after a predetermined lifespan, they die to be replaced with fresh new cells. So at the most basic level, cancer is an uncontrollable growth of cells. Either something is causing them to divide and grow too fast, or they don't die after their normal lifespan. So actually what makes cancer cancer is that the cells don't function properly. So they're malfunctioning cells and they are dividing and growing and they are destroying the surrounding normal tissue. So to bring that into colorectal cancer, Colorectal cancer is cancer of the lining of the large intestines, which we call the colon. So these cells are already rapidly dividing. In fact, your, the lining of your large intestine is being replaced about every three days or so. And so with these rapidly dividing cells, they are highly susceptible to cancer. So yeah, basically colorectal cancer is cancer of the lining of the large intestines. I have to hand it to you, Dr. Frey. I don't think anyone has explained cancer that well to me before. So let me make sure first and foremost, I just understand cancer in the way that you've explained it. You're saying that traditionally, these tiny cells that our bodies are producing, the trillions of them, they have a lifespan, right? And they die, and then they get replenished yes. with new ones in a healthy body. Correct. But when cancer is involved, those cells either don't die or they don't function properly, which basically causes things to malfunction in the body. Is that more or less correct? That's absolutely correct. Colorectal cancer is when this happens in the lining or the wall of the large intestine. Is that correct? That is correct. We call the large intestines the colon. Like That's the other name for it. So yes, it's cancer of the lining of the colon or the large intestines. Correct. Okay. So when we talk about who's at risk for getting this type of cancer, who exactly is that? Well, basically everybody, right? There's no one group who's at risk of colon cancer and other groups are not. So it's not a disease that only affects some groups. Everybody is at risk. And there's in our lifetimes, each of us has somewhere around a 4 to 5% lifetime risk of getting colon cancer. And if you're like a math person or an odds person, that may not sound like much. But if you think about it, that's 1 in 20. So all of us know at least 20 people, right? And so what this basically means is that one of those 20 people, based on statistics, is likely to get colon cancer. So that kind of hits home. There are some differences between sexes and races, and you kind of mentioned that earlier with men especially. So males are slightly more likely to get colon cancer than females. 
And African-Americans are actually slightly more likely to get colon cancer also compared to white people. But these differences are not enough between one group to the next to ignore the risk. So just because you are a white female obviously doesn't mean that you are not at risk of colon cancer. Everybody's at risk. So the people who are most at risk for colon cancer, so if one of your immediate family members has colon cancer, so your mother or your father or your sisters or brothers, you are at higher risk for getting colon cancer than an average person. So if your own children, your parents, your siblings have colon cancer, these are classified as what we call first-degree relatives, and they, in fact, will sort of transfer that risk of colon cancer to you as well. I should note that other relatives don't really count. So if you have cousins or aunts or uncles or even your grandparents, they don't really count. So if they have colon cancer, as sad as that is, it doesn't really affect your risk of colon cancer any more than just an average person. And I should also mention that, as you mentioned earlier, there is an increasing shift towards younger people getting diagnosed with colon cancer. And I think we probably remember Chadwick Boseman, the Marvel's Black Panther. Yeah. You know, he died about two and a half years ago, and he was only 43, and there was no warning, right? So we've actually moved our screening guidelines. We used to tell people that you should start looking to get screened for colon cancer at age 50, but we now recommend screening for colon cancer at age 45. Yeah. So and another thing that people don't realize about Chadwick Boseman is while he died at 43, it was like a four-year battle, right? And so- Yes, right. Yeah. Right. It had manifested sooner. So it can happen. It can happen to those that look very healthy and in shape. And you just never know. So getting screened is extremely important. One of the things I wanted to just ask you to clarify is you mentioned you recommend that you start at 45 if people want to be even more proactive than that, is that something they can talk to their doctor about? You can always talk to your doctor about it, even if you're 20. Most doctors won't recommend it at age 20, but you should never hesitate to ask your doctor these kinds of questions, right? So if you're unsure, rather than sitting silent and assuming that you shouldn't have asked, you know, and then, oh, now I have colon cancer, you should always ask about it and let your doctor explain the risks and benefits of getting screened and if that is an appropriate thing for you to do. So in fact, we do recommend earlier screening even than age 45 if you have what we described earlier, like a first degree relative with colorectal cancer. So parents, siblings, or your own children, if any of these people have colon cancer, then you are at increased risk of getting colon cancer yourself. So, and there's other groups too, people with inflammatory bowel disease, such as Crohn's disease or ulcer colitis, there's an increased risk of colorectal cancer, cystic fibrosis. If you've ever had a radiation treatment to your pelvic or abdomen, then you're at risk. And also, if you have a known genetic disease or syndrome that those people usually know that they're at increased risk, but it never hurts to ask your doctor about these things and see if screening is appropriate or not. Yeah, absolutely. You're starting to touch on this, but one of the questions that I wanted to ask is, what causes colon cancer in the first place? And I'm talking about more than just like how cancer works, but are there things that happen within the body that causes colon cancer to manifest? So, of course, that's an area of active research, and we don't actually know the answers, just like with most cancer. There is some change or damage to the DNA of the cells that specifically affects the signals that these cells receive in order to stop dividing or when to die and things like that. So it's damage to the DNA of themselves, of the cells themselves. 
that leads to cancer and specifically colon cancer, we're not exactly sure why those messages get messed up and the cells just keep dividing. If we can figure that out, then we have basically cured colon cancer, but right. you know, we're far from that. Yeah. So I imagine because that is an area that is undergoing active research, there's probably no way that you can prevent it from happening. Right. There's no magic pill or supplement that you can take that will prevent colon cancer. And I think the most important thing to prevent colon cancer is to get screened regularly for colon cancer, right? So that we can catch it earlier. There are things that you can do that might help to reduce your risk of colon cancer. And so there are things that we know for sure will lower your risk. And so if you are a smoker, if you stop smoking, well, that of course will lower your risk of colorectal cancer. If you like to drink alcohol, if you limit yourself to one to two drinks per day, then we know that that will reduce your risk of colorectal cancer if you drink at all. You know, So reducing the amount of processed foods, especially processed meat, will probably reduce your risk of getting colon cancer as well. Adding more fresh fruits and vegetables, adding more fish into your diet, and weight loss. These are things that we know will reduce your risk. There are some things that you might be able to do to reduce your risk of colon cancer. And these things are active, ongoing research areas, finding out supplements and things that people can do on a very basic level that might reduce the risk of colon cancer. So coffee, drinking coffee may be one of those things. Consuming garlic in fairly high amounts, vitamin D and calcium supplementation might reduce your risk of colon cancer. Vitamin B6 may also do that. Reducing the amount of red meat that you consume all of these factors may potentially reduce your colorectal cancer risk. But right now, there's no firm kind of recommendations regarding these things, but it's something that you can think about. Are there any pre-symptoms for detecting colorectal cancer? I know that people that might be younger than the age of 40, for example, they might be saying to themselves, well, I feel completely fine. If my body was telling me that I needed to go get screened, then I would. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Are there symptoms or does it not manifest in that way? Like many cancers, actually, there typically are no pre-symptoms. That doesn't mean that there can never be, but typically there are none. And that's why colon cancer and many cancers are so dangerous. And that's why we screen, right? But having said that, there are some things that you may look for that might alert you to the fact that something is wrong. And things like seeing blood in your stool, obviously that's never normal, but most of the time blood in the stool doesn't indicate colon cancer, but it could. So blood in the stool is one of those things that you can look for. A progressive change in the thickness of your stool. So if your bowel movements, your stool used to come out a certain size and it's gradually getting more and more narrow to the point that it's now coming out only like pencil thin or something like that, then of course that would be a indication that maybe something is wrong. And I should mention that I'm not talking about one day of having like a thin stool and then the next day it's normal. This would be something that would gradually come on and become more and more noticeable with time. Progressive weight loss without trying is another sort of warning sign that there could be something like cancer lurking. Of course, people might be happy to lose weight, but if it's something you're not trying for or you're losing weight really easily and it's staying off despite eating more than you usually eat, then that would be a warning flag. But again, most people have absolutely no symptoms, and that's why we do screening. So let's talk about the screening procedure itself. Talk about some of the screening options for detecting the colorectal cancer and then what that appointment looks like. Okay, sure. So there are a few different ways of screening yourself for colon cancer. The most established method, I think, would be colonoscopy. 
which is a you know pleasant and fun little 20-minute procedure. What a colonoscopy involves is following a colon cleanse, which is, I guess, famously branded as go lightly. Following a colon cleanse, we pass a long, flexible tube gently through the colon and have a look around. That tube has a high-resolution camera that we use to examine the entire colon and rectum. And it's generally safe, very effective. And of course, it can find other things other than colon cancer. It can find growths, polyps, or tumors that are not yet cancer and take them out then and there. If your colonoscopy is negative, meaning that we didn't find anything, then you're usually good for 10 years until your next colonoscopy. And this colonoscopy kind of set the stage for colorectal cancer screening. It really came in vogue in the 1980s when Ronald Reagan underwent a screening colonoscopy and they found cancer. And so he underwent surgery that saved his life, basically. And so from that point forward, colonoscopy was like the standard way of screening for colon cancer. And a few years after Ronald Reagan is when we actually established guidelines for how people should be screened and when they should be screened with colonoscopies. And so now we actually perform somewhere around 15 million colonoscopies in the U.S. alone each year for various reasons, including colorectal cancer screening. But colonoscopy is an invasive procedure and it's kind of expensive. And so we've looked at other ways of screening people for colon cancer. And so we have also developed stool sample screening, uh, which is basically checking your stool for blood and DNA markers of cancer that you won't notice on your own. And so this is a simple, non-invasive, cheap way to screen for colon cancer. But it's not designed to detect anything but cancer. So one advantage of, say, doing a colonoscopy is that we can find polyps or growths that are not yet cancer and take them out. Whereas these stool-based screening is really only designed to give you a simple binary answer. Do you have cancer? Yes or no. And so some people would argue that, well, if you do colonoscopy, you might get things before they turn into cancer and maybe that's better. But this stool sample is cheap. It's easy. You just basically poop in a box and send it in and they tell you yes or no. There's also another test called virtual colonoscopy or CT colonography. And this is basically a special CT scan or CAT scan. And after the colon cleanse that you would have undergone, say, for colonoscopy, you undergo a colon cleanse. And then instead of coming in for a colonoscopy, you go to the radiology department and they will give you some sedation, put air in your colon to open things up, and then you go through the CT scanner. And they use special software to sort of recreate your colon in 3D images, and then they look through that and see if you have any lesions that could be potentially cancerous. So that's another non-invasive test in that there's nothing really put inside of your body. So there's no colonoscopy camera put in there. It's just something done from the outside. So it's considered non-invasive. Yeah, it's definitely great to hear about all those different options. Like I know that the colonoscopy is the gold standard, but there's just such a variety of options depending on what the person wants to do. Before we close, I always like to ask, given all of your experience as a gastroenterologist, what's one thing that you know to be true that you want people to take away from this conversation? Far and away, get yourself screened, right? I mean, use one of the methods that we have available, either the virtual colonoscopy colonoscopy itself or the stool-based screening and get screened if it's appropriate for you. Don't wait because it's easy, it's safe, it's not that hard to detect colon cancer. And if you get it early, it's usually fairly easy to treat. If you get it late, it's usually game over. So we want to get it early. Well, Dr. Frey, I truly appreciate your time. Thank you so much. All right, Priyash, thank you.
That was Dr. Eric Frey, a gastroenterologist at Southern Sierra Specialty Center. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Ridgecrest Regional Hospital Podcast. To learn more about National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, you can call 760-446-0121. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. Thanks again for listening. My name is Prakash Chandran. Be well.